You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffith. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Plug Podcast with Neil Griffiths. Thanks for listening. Before we start, as always, we want to thank our good friends and sponsors over at Audio Technica Australia. From listening to your favorite records to even recording your own podcast, Audio Technica have an epic range of headphones, turntables, and microphones to cover all of your musical and content creation needs. Be sure to check out their brand new CK-S50TW True Wireless In-Ear Headphones. They sound incredible with all types of music, they offer great noise cancelling, and have 20 hours of playback without even using the charging case. To get yours, head on over to audiotechnica.com.au. My guest this week is Kelly Holiday, a.k.a. Adam Hyde. Adam is best known as one half of Aussie dance legends Peking Duck, and he came on the podcast to promote the debut album for his side project, Kelly, out on April 8th. Adam and I have done a bunch of podcasts in the past, and it's always such a fun time chatting with him. The last time we actually did one was in February last year, just before he launched the Kelly Holiday Project. So it was great to sit down with him and catch up on what has happened over the last 12 months. Adam also talked about living in LA over the last year, and what's coming up next for Peking Duck. Here's my chat with Adam Hyde on The Plug. Welcoming to the very first time on The Plug podcast, Adam Hyde, aka Kelly Holiday. Sir, welcome. Well, not back to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, but... We did a podcast last year. It was great. So welcome back. Thank you, brother. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. It's a pleasure to be here too. So we jumped on Zoom like two minutes ago. You are in LA, right? You're about to fly home to Sydney? I am. I'm sitting in my car park. As you can see, it's nice and luxurious. <laughs> in Venice Beach. And um, yeah, I, I've been here for about two. I, I'm doing the back and forth thing at the moment where I'm kind of going to Oz, then coming back here. Um, I'm wondering, you know, how much I can do in each uh, window, which is kind of like a fun new game that I'm presented with, which I kind of dig because in these last two weeks, I feel like I've been more productive than I have been in the last four or five months. So it's been good. And then I'm back to Sydney tonight and I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see Ruben and uh, to do some exciting stuff down there. It's pretty wild. Like I follow Kelly Holiday and Peking Duck on Instagram and on Kelly Holiday, I see you doing shows in LA and then like the next day you guys are in Melbourne doing a show. It's like you are hustling right now pretty hard. Like how much would you say in the last two months you are going between LA and Australia? Oh man, a lot. It's like two weeks on, two weeks off. Wow. It feels like. Um, but yeah, obviously I feel super blessed that I'm even able to do that um, with the current climate and everything. But it's like I'm trying to figure out whether to move back, but at the same time out here, I've got some really exciting stuff going on. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to jeopardize that. Yet. I want, I don't want to shoot Kelly in the foot before he can even run. So, you know, I want to, I want to keep a good thing going. Um, but yeah, Australia is obviously home, but I'm just in love with the madness of it all out here. It's, it's such a bizarre world that just feels light years away from Australia. And I'm constantly stimulated by the exuberance and excitement of it all. And uh, I don't know. I feel like it's like the opposite of my comfort zone, which um, I don't know. For the, for the first time in my life, I'm thriving being out of my comfort zone. And I like that. I was, that was even my next question is how you enjoy in LA. Cause I think we did the last podcast we did would have been mid February last year. And you had just not just, but you had been in LA for a couple of months and you were loving it. 
I don't think moving back to Australia was on the cards at that point in time. Uh, are you no? Are you very much loving it over there, or is, are you getting a little homesick? I'm loving it over here, man. I've been lucky enough to go back and forth. Uh, I'm falling more in love with LA, but I also am falling more in love with Sydney. I think I'm falling more in love with life, as corny as that sounds. Like mm. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. I feel like with you know a little taste of freedom. Um, and I guess when I say freedom, I mean, it feels like, you know, some of the COVID restrictions are being lifted. Um, that with that comes a lot of happiness and I feel like I can kind of spread my wings some more wherever I may be. So for that, I'm just happy. And like the music I'm writing right now, I feel super inspired by. So I don't know, man, I'm in love with, like when I go back to Sydney, I'm like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful city in the world. <laughs> and then when I'm here, I'm like, this is the craziest place in the world. It's so bizarre. So they're, they're just, they're so different in so many ways, but um, they're both beautiful in their own ways. Because you, you, again, I've seen, I've seen you do some shows in LA. Um, and I think some of those shows were actually happening when Australia was still largely in lock, well, not lockdown, but still restricted. What is it like being back on stage to a, to a completely different audience. Obviously, Australia knows and loves you as Adam from Peking Duck. Kelly Holiday is a new project. So you going to LA and doing these shows to new people. What is that like, regardless of the fact that, you know, we haven't been able to fucking see a show in two years? Yeah, man, it's, it's a really interesting thing. I remember thinking I did a show that was a while back in LA, uh, one of the shows I've done here. And it was it was quite surreal to just be playing to a room full of people that, had no masks on and they were dancing and they were very close drinking, kissing on the dance floor, all that good stuff. And uh, it felt really surreal. Cause I just come back over from Australia. I not been sent back, but kind of got shipped back due to the fact that everything was in lockdown. Yeah. Um, and that was like, it made me feel really happy, but it also made me feel really sad. Um, but I'm mostly happy just to see that there was hope, you know what I mean? That like, there is something on the other side. And then you look at, you look at LA in particular, especially the West side of Los Angeles, like Venice beach, it's popping right now. And um, yeah, I mean, like, like you were saying, I think an interesting thing about Kelly holiday out here is that nobody at all knows about the whole Peking duck connection or whatever. It's it really, is just building from the ground up mm. completely from square one in the best way possible. And that's how I want to do that project. I don't want to leverage any of the success of Peking Duck or whatever to boost the profile of Kelly Holiday. And the whole ethos of Kelly Holiday really has nothing to do with profile either. It's just about writing music that I feel is great and playing wild, sweaty live shows to people that want to boogie. And I feel like that mission is getting completed quite a lot out here, but it's just getting started and it's super exciting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and now to see Australia is opening up as well. It just feels good. I mean, despite the fact that there's so much fucked up bullshit happening in the world right now, I guess that's one positive. We've, we've only been doing this podcast for, what, not even 10 minutes yet. And you've mentioned a few times LA is crazy. I mean, LA is, you know, historically where you go to be a star. You've got people trying to make it in music and film and TV when you say it's crazy, what do you mean? Define crazy. Well, when I say crazy, I, well, there's many levels to it. Um, when I say crazy, like the place is just crazy. When I refer 
but like that, I mean the characters in the right. city, yeah. the people you meet, um, Americans in general, just they're, they're so open to discussion with strangers, uh, which is something you don't find as much in Australia. Yeah. Where, and also I, there's a real sense of like, yeah, man, you can do it. Like go for it, reach for the stars. Um, whether it be fake, whether it be placebo, whatever it is, it feels good. And I think that that kind of mentality brings a certain energy in the air. It's kind of like a mixture of, you know, like you said, there's celebrities and then there's crackheads and then there's, mm. you know, drug dealers on the corner. And then there's, the, it's just this wild mix of so many different people and types of people. And uh, I think that in itself just kind of excites me. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'd spent, I've spent so long in Australia. I mean, I'm from Canberra, which is, a pretty boring place, albeit, you know, a great place and I love it, but you compare it to some of the things that I've seen out here, just being out here for even a year and it's just incomparable. So I feel like I'm learning a lot being here and it's something I don't want to neglect yet. But as far as when I was saying that it's popping out here, like up on in Venice, in Venice beach, the clubs and bars around here are just, it's booming. Like there's so many people walking around people partying, the spirits are high, the vibe is good. This is completely unrelated, but you went to um, you went to Kanye's live stream at, in LA, didn't you? In Chicago, yeah, yeah. It was Chicago, right. One. Yeah, it How was, was awesome. that? It, oh, man, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of my good friends, Jesse Larola, he, he was taking photos there as well. And I went there with my girlfriend who's, who's from Chicago, so it was a very special, and I'm like, I'm a huge just Kanye stan, I guess, as they say. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, he said some really fucked up things and done some really fucked up things lately. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like that guy's impact just can't go under the rug. And I feel like I grew, I've grown up with so much of his music that I was like, you know what, let's go. And we went and it was... It was really bizarre. I saw Marilyn Manson come out there. When I, when I landed at the airport, West Side Gun was there at the airport from Griselda, who wow. was up on the house with him. And I was like, well, that's hectic. And then <laughs> got to the concert and Marilyn Manson's there. And I'm like, what the? This what? is weird. And now, you know, yeah, Marilyn Manson, like, you know, obviously he's done some really fucked up shit. And I was like, this is bizarre. And then DaBaby came out on the house and I was like, oh, I see what Kanye's doing. He's trying to cancel out the cancel culture with the yeah. cancel people canceling cancel culture people so i was like hmm, okay interesting but i i personally i think that record is fucking phenomenal i've listened yeah. to it a lot and uh i think that song come to life on that record is just mind-blowing but uh yeah that was great that, yeah. was, that was a really really fun experience and, ju- and just to like bring it back to that local sphere i guess you being a, a one of the the bigger australian producers and the craziness of la how hard would it be for you to try and get to someone within kanye circle as far as producing you're like hey i'm adam i'm in a very big group called picking duck in australia who do i talk to 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 show you some of my work or is it like just completely cut off society from the world no kanye is pretty open to uh you know kanye just at the end of the day he digs good shit and um you know i mean like even our homie styles fuego 
who we've worked with a bunch on so much Peking Duck music mm. uh, from Melbourne. He, he actually did some of the music for the Genius uh, documentary in the opening thing, which was supervised yeah. by Ye himself. Wow. Um, but I, I know I, I've got homies out here that have done work that's ended up in Kanye West's lap and then he's, you know, produced it or got another producer on board. And then before you know it, it's been uh, regurgitated a million times, but the initial idea came from a friend. But I mean, that's, um, I think that's the exciting thing about music in this day and age is that you can throw a beat out into the universe, a beat or an idea, a hook, even a, just a guitar riff, and it gets thrown around. And then before you know it, it could end up on a, on your, on your favorite artist's record. Like, mm. um, Vinny, a guy named 18-year-old man from Sydney. I'm sure you might know him. He's uh he's out here at the moment, but he um he just started like producing a bunch of loops and he was sending that around. And then uh that got him on so much. Like uh Day Trip, those producers, he they took him under their wing and they've started using his bits like Lil Nas X and wow. crazy people like that. So yeah, I mean, I think the Aussies are doing a great thing and we're never too far away from someone big. It's just all about getting in there and, you know, really putting your work down and, and showing people that you got what it takes. Given how well you're doing over there with Kelly Holiday and obviously how big Peking Duck are in Australia, has there ever been an inclination for you and Ruben to say, maybe we do that over here, like try and work with producers, show them our work, try and put a stamp over here? Totally, man. And that's, that's a big plan that we have. It's just been difficult with COVID. Mm. um lately for rubes because rubes is he has a house in sydney so um and obviously everything was closed for australians to kind of leave which is intense to think about but now that's all lifted um so we got some shows in australia then we're going to come out here and do a bunch of sessions with a bunch of producers songwriters and kind of get that all going again because as speaking duck it feels like we, ha we haven't been out here for like three, four years. Mm. So I think we're overdue for, for some shows and some writing. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And on, on that note, um, again, we, we did this podcast February, 2021. I think that was the first interview you did for Kelly Holiday. Is this the first interview you're doing for the album? It is. Yes. Good. It is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a hundred percent. No, yeah, listen, yeah, it's dude. um like I was listening back to that interview just to get a gauge on this. And, and obviously it'd been a year on, it's really funny to listen to and interesting because obviously this was just kicking off. Um, first of all, congratulations. Some of the songs that you've released in this last year, obviously, I think uh, Where You Feel was the second single, right? It was, yeah. Yeah, and that kind of took off on its own. That's still my favorite song. It's been, re it's been received you, so well by fans given where we were that like that last interview was kind of like, I don't know, maybe everyone's going to fucking hate this and we'll never talk about it again. How do you feel yeah. a year on? And, and again, we've, we've spoken about some of the live shows. I mean, the box ticked, my friend, like, fuck, you gave this a go and, and it's completely pulled off. Man. Thank you. I really, that's a beautiful way to look at it. I never thought about it like that either, but that is a great way to look at it because I remember our conversation. And I remember saying that too. I was like, well, you know, people might hate it. But the thing is that I've, I don't, I've always got these ideas for the music. So I'm always writing the music anyway. So regardless, now that I've got a platform to put it out on, I'm going to keep putting it out. And I've uh, got the blueprint for album two done. Jesus. Um, I'm just trying to, trying to find the right producer to work with. 
Yeah. But the great thing is to answer your question mainly, it's like when people started connecting with where you feel, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like it, it was something very tangible, something I could feel, something that felt like it was from a, I was so far away from, you know, it being able to connect in that way. And it did. And then I did my first live show in Sydney and it sold out and the whole room was like screaming the words for that song. And then I, the rest of the set was just unreleased music from the album. And that was bizarre within itself. But from that moment on, I kind of knew, okay, I think like, you know, now, now I'm in the driver's seat. Let's like, let's, let's, let's fucking fang it. Let's fang it down the highway. And just keep going. <laughs> you seem and to that's a- the plan. <laughs> and, that, and that's the plan. You, you seem to adapt to the Kelly holiday act very easily by that. I mean, obviously picking duck your producers. I remember when you guys started uh, like doing a live show, like you were playing guitar, you had singers and out there, that was like a whole new element, but you're like a legitimate front man. Now you're playing guitar, you're singing. And it seems pretty fucking seamless. Thanks brother. Yeah. It's, it's quite bizarre. Really. I was somebody, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day and I think it's always been in me in the sense of just like, being a show pony, doing dumb shit for a laugh. That's always been in me since I was a kid at school, just doing dumb shit and like dancing around, making silly faces. And I think a lot of that has fed into the uh, character that is Kelly Holiday. Mm. And when I'm on stage, I genuinely just light up and become that, that character. And I, I love it. I mm. love it. Just dancing, boot scooting. The, the, kicking, those those dance moves you have are fucking brilliant. That the film clip for um, where you feel that well, like as far as the the extras, that's just you dancing through Venice Beach, isn't it? That's there's no one there. Yeah. That's not planned. No, none of that was planned. I just grabbed my homie and we just pulled <laughs> the camera down down the road and I just danced down the road. How many take? <laughs> how many takes was that? Or did you just kind of just get it in one and just it is what it I, is? I wanted I wanted to do it in one full take down yep. the boardwalk. Um, but we did three takes. We wow. did we did the one shot on, we did the one shot on the beach. Yeah, and we did that in in three takes, and then and then we did three takes down the boardwalk, and that was it. So yeah. it was like it was like under an hour, and we were like, all right, maybe we have it, maybe we don't. And I had to fly to um, actually, I flew to Mexico the next day, which is when I had the conversation with you. Yeah, yeah, they'll see your birthday, right? Yeah, 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 and then. And we were like, maybe we got the footage, maybe we don't. Oh, well. And then I remember landing in Sydney and going back and forth with my boy. I was like, yeah, this is it. It's perfect. And then <laughs> put it out and people loved it. People were like, whoa, this is so sick. And I was like, oh, I guess it is kind of sick. And I it, think that it was. kind of translates as well, the, the realness of it all. It's just kind of raw and fun. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Again, when listening to that last interview everything's hindsight you you're kind of describing what you want this project to be where it's inspired from you know when you read press releases like f- from a, from the guy from peking duck saying like you know i'm really inspired by um you know fucking joy division and new order that's like oh that's a bit weird but like i think you and i are around the same age and you know i'm not a musician but i i yep. understand like there's there's music that i love and there's my standard stuff that i listen to but then i can go listen to you know fucking oasis or the cure and that takes me to a completely different world. Now listening totally. to, to the Kelly Holiday music, it makes so much sense. Was that, was that stuff you've listened to your whole life? Was that something you tapped into once Kelly Holiday st- kind of started coming together? It's something that was around when I was a kid. Yeah. Around my house. But 
I never really, I never really chose to tune into it, so to speak. I was kind of like, oh, that's what is happening. That's what my parents are playing. So that's lame. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, sure. But then, but then it really resonated with me after being on tour with Peking Duck for ages. Like it was, it was one long run around the States and I was super run down. And I heard uh, this new order song uh, called Your Silent Face. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I must've heard it when I was a kid or something because something just went off inside me. And I just felt this overwhelming wave of emotion of just like, I don't know. It felt like nostalgia, melancholy, sadness, happiness, and just this wave swept over me. I'll never forget looking out the back of the van window, going driving over one of the bridges in New York. And then someone just said, you, you know, you should like write stuff like this. I feel like this is, this is what's inside of you. I was also off the back of a bad breakup and everything. And then when I got back to Sydney, I, ha- I just bought this shitty little guitar and I thought, all right, well, everyone else was like, oh, let's, we've got a few weeks off. Let's go on holiday. And I was like, I might just like, I feel like I've got something to do here. And then before I knew it, I had like 12 songs after those like three weeks. Mm. They were all sh- really shitty demos, but that's essentially how it came together. And then in hindsight, I'm like, wow that really just came out of me. None of that was forced. There wasn't a moment where I said, here's what I'm going to do. It was more so like, oh, well, that just happened. And I did that as, as cliche as that sounds, that's Mm. genuinely how it rolled out. It doesn't hurt either when you have fucking Kim Moyes from the presets produce the the debut album, does it? Nah, dude, I'm so (laughs) stoked. I'm stoked. I'm stoked that Kim Boy was down. It's, it's actually hilarious how that all came together. Cause after I'd written those, you know, 12 songs, those shitty demos in my bedroom, I um, I went over to Thomas uh, Golden Features, the producer. I went over to his house. He lived around the corner. Mm. And um, we've been longtime friends and we always play each other music. And he was like, play me what you've been working on. I was like, I don't know, man. I've been working on this like weird stuff. <laughs> Never had a plan to release it whatsoever. Yeah. And I played it for him and his face lit up and he's like, dude, this is really good. I'm like, nah, nah, you're fucking with me. He's like, nah, dude, this is good. Do you know Kim? And I was like, no, I don't know Kim. Like, obviously I know who he is. And he's like, yeah, he just did the DMA's record. He would, uh, he could make this really shine. And I was like, dude, I'd, I'd be down. Fuck it, let's do it. And then he, he introed me and Kim. And then the next day me and Kim met up, had coffee. And then we just drove around talking about ideas with the songs and then went to his studio and we got to work and I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite blown away by, by uh, his will to kind of go out on a limb and just go with the flow and really kind of commandeer the ship in a way. Cause I was for the first time in my career, I was sitting on the, in the back seat this time. I wasn't in the, in the driver's seat producing everything. And, you know, I was coming from a more songwriter point of view. Uh, and a vocalist point of view, which which was really, really exciting, to be honest, and fun. It's kind of like, it's really sweet as well, because obviously the presets are one of the, the biggest acts in Australia of all time. Peking Duck are on their way. For Kim to kind of hear a side project, something that's completely different and just get it, that's, I don't know, that's either kismet or that's just credit to how good of an ear Kim has. Yeah, I've, yeah. I'm I'm really not sure what it was. And that's that's what made me that was the initial spark. That really put the fire under my ass. I was like, oh, hmm. 
damn, if Kim's fucking with it, it's got to be dope, right? But then, yeah. I, but then that that kind of that kind of train of thought as well can be crippling. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna roll with it, do what I think sounds dope. If Kim fucks with it, then it's a go. So that's how we kind of like that's how the <laughs> ship was ran. Like it was like he's like, all right, this this part we should change this part. I'm like, no. He's like, all right, if you don't want to change it, let's not do it. Or it'd be like. He'd be like, oh, this part we got to change. I'd be like, yeah, all right, let's definitely change it. He's like, boom, let's change it like this. So it was, we, neither of us were being precious. We just kind of just went for it. And I think uh, with that kind of ruthlessness, it, it, it definitely helps getting shit done, but it also just kind of does what's best for each song. And that's what we did. So, yeah, I mean, Kim's ear is impeccable. He's, he's so tight. It's like a, it's like a very particular ear. That's just like everything is drilled in perfectly. So mm. to even be in the studio with him and watch him work is an honor, let alone have the sounds coming out of the speakers be music that I've written. Then damn, it's a real blessing. You mentioned that you have a blueprint for a second album. Is Kim going to be involved in that? Or do you kind of just want to change it all up again? I'd love to have Kim involved, to be honest. I was thinking of reaching out to him uh, recently, but, I'm just trying to think of, um, you know, a producer out here maybe or yeah. how exactly to do it. Um, the second one's quite different sonically. It's a bit more, uh, I don't know what the word is. It's a bit more get up and go as opposed to uh, lying in bed, moping <laughs> about a shitty breakup, you know what I mean? Yeah. This one's a bit more let's have it, let's have it type vibe. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I definitely want Kim to be involved in one way or another. So we'll see what happens. But um, I'll keep you posted on who's going to be involved. But I've definitely got some exciting people working on it. Yeah. And possibly the most, the lack of a better word, controversial part of the last podcast was we discussed how this, and again, this is all previous to Kelly Holiday really kicking off. I asked you about, do you think this will impact Peking Duck? How did Ruben take the news? And what you said was really nice and beautiful and actually was picked up by a couple of news websites who did stories on it was that when you brought Kelly Holiday to Ruben's attention, he couldn't have been more supportive about it. Um, and same with you with his side project. And I remember saying to you, like, if in a world where let's say Kelly Holiday completely takes off, how are you going to balance that time? We spoke that spoke about that at the start of the podcast, but you're kind of bouncing between two countries right now. Kelly Holiday has worked as far as yep. I'm concerned. I think this album will really do things. As far as Peking Duck is concerned, how are you going to manage that time? Man, I can do it all. And I know I can. I actually had this conversation with Dylan Alcott. He said to me, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do both? Um, and I said, how, how can't I do both? What's stopping me from doing both? Yeah. And he said, that's the right answer. Because he's like, people always have told me throughout my career, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do this? And I say, how can't I do it? Like what? What's what's gonna stop me from doing? Yeah, nothing's gonna stop me from working as hard as I can on Peking Duck and as hard as I can on Kelly Holiday, because both of them are so close to my heart that I could ne never neglect either. Or yeah. and that's like, that's the honest <coughs> truth. Like, there's uh, there's never been a moment where I'm like, oh, I need to spend more time on Kelly Holiday or more time on Peking Duck. It's always like, like while I'm out here, I'm still working on Peking Duck stuff you know, the whole time. We've got some really exciting stuff happening actually, but, and that's the funny thing as well. It's like, while I'm in LA, everyone's like, oh, so you're like out there working on Kelly Holiday. Like that's Kelly Holiday time. I'm like, no, it's, 
it's all just time. Time is time. And, you know, whatever's on my plate at that minute, I'll eat it up and get it done. But it's, it's never, at first there, w- there was a moment where I'm like, Oh, can I, can I do it? And that's before Kelly Holiday had even released anything. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Now that I've released stuff and I, ha- the schedule is getting very busy for sure with Kelly Holiday. Um, amidst a very busy, very, very busy Peking Duck schedule now that everything's opening in Australia. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I signed up for this. I'm ready to take the ball by the horns and ride it into the sunset. Like, let's do it. No, I, I love figure that. I'm not getting any, I'm not getting any younger, you know what I mean? So <laughs> if I'm going to get it, let's get it now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Well, because it, I think there's like an unfair stigma when an established successful act when one of those members says, I'm off to do a side project, people just automatically assume, oh, they now fucking hate each other and he's about to break up. But it's like, you can do a, a, a different thing and not impact that. I think you're proof of that. I think the Five Sauce Boys have done that recently as well. I think two yep. of them have just released yep. debut albums. Like, it can, totally. it can work. It's fine. Yeah, 100%. My relationship with Ruben is actually closer than ever right now. And um, I'm sure he he would agree with you on that. Like, that's my brother. It's... And it never was anything to do with me being unhappy with Peking Duck nor Ruben or anything like that or our team, nothing like that at all. It was just like, hey, I got some shit I want to get off my chest. It's not going to work down the Peking Duck Avenue. I can guarantee you that. Like, no one would want to hear a Peking Duck song, uh, you know, that sounds like, um, like there's a song called Roller Coaster or Picnic on the album. Yeah. Um, People wouldn't want to hear that from Peking Duck. It's very personal stuff. And Peking Duck is a collaborative project. Whereas on this on this record, Kelly, I'm uh, I'm saying really personal stuff. There's even like voicemail samples from my phone wow. from um, from people in my life and that in in certain situations that that uh, that are referred to in those songs. And those lyrics are real uh, and close to my heart. So it's like the only way that I feel to properly share that story would be to share it by myself. And the, and the million dollar question, I hate asking it, but I know I have to ask it. Is Peking Duck working on an album? Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> Fuck me. It's coming out tomorrow. It's out Good. tomorrow. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, dude, it's, it's, um, it's so great to, to have you on. And you've got Peking Duck shows coming up in March and I think some in April and maybe even May. What were you going back to LA? Have you got shows in New York? Because I'm going to be in New York, by the way. So if you can do shows in New oh, York, sick. that would be great. Yep. Yeah. When are you going to be in New York? Um, in there from April. Sick. Yeah. I come back early. Yeah. I might be actually. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know for sure. Because yeah, sure. um, I could be doing one around then. And we'll hang out and have a few margs as well. Yeah, for sure, man. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sir. Again, it's 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 so interesting listening to that first interview and listen to this one now. Um, you've you've killed it, man. I, I've, let's I've keep doing them. Let's <laughs> do let's do what one a year every yeah yeah until you're a washed up junkie and then there'll yep. be a nice timeline. Hundred percent. I'll be like talking from the side of the road in Las Vegas in an old suit. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much, man. I'm Again, down. congrats on the album. Uh, I can't wait for everyone to hear it, man. Dude, thank you so much for the praise on the album too. That really means a lot. And thank you for having me on, brother. I really appreciate it. No worries, man. We'll talk soon. Definitely, brother. Big love. 
This episode is proudly sponsored by Audio-Technica Australia. Subscribe, rate and review The Plug on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Plug with Neil Griffiths and on TikTok at theplug.podcast to stay up to date with episode releases and giveaways. Thank you.